All right, week four of the Ascent series. We're looking at songs for the climb. Open up your Bibles to Psalm 123 as we continue our journey through the Word of God together. Uh, week one, we uh, looked at time to climb, right? Psalm 120. Uh, week two, look higher, Psalm 121. Uh, week three, needs a participation midweek. Everybody say, to the house. Man, I love preaching that sermon. To the house, right? Psalm 122. Well, this week, Psalm 123, um, we are going to look at today, and I've entitled our message today, Free at Last. On August 28, 1963, Dr. King shared these powerful words at the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., He said this, I have a dream. With this faith, we'll be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we'll be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we'll be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to climb up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day when all God's children will be able to sing with new meaning. My country, tis of thee, sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountainside let freedom ring. And if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring from the hilltops of New Hampshire. Let freedom ring from the mighty mountains of New York. Let freedom ring from the heightened Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from every hill and molehill of Mississippi and every mountainside. When we let freedom ring... We let it ring from every tenement and every hamlet, from every state and every city. We'll be able to speed up that day when all God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old spiritual, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. I don't know about you, but I still get chills every time I read that powerful sermon. We've been praying for a number of things during our 21 day of fasting and prayer. I want us to keep praying for this dream to truly become a reality in our country. And during this Black History Month, as we reflect on and we celebrate our African-American brothers and sisters who throughout the history of our country have fought so hard for equality, who've stood up against injustice and so many others who are continuing to fight. We pray that freedom would ring. And guys, as much as I pray for God to bring his victory over Every injustice in this world, 
We know that, unfortunately, as we read God's word, that until Christ returns, injustice will continue to exist. And at the end of the day, I do want equality. And I do want diversity. And I want people to no longer be judged by the color of their skin or their background or their ethnicity or, or anything else that we superficially at times will measure people up and judge people over. But injustice will continue to exist. Despite all the struggle that's in our world, despite all the injustice that's in our world, even when we struggle in the waiting to see freedom from those injustices that we continue to fight for in our country and in our world, I want you to know that here in Psalm 123 is a promise. Today I want to share with you that freedom can be found. And today I want to share with you where ultimate freedom can be found. So let's read together Psalm 123. God's word says this, Psalm 123, to you I lift up my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maid servant to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God till he has mercy upon us. Verse 3 Have mercy upon us, O Lord. Have mercy upon us. Can we say that together right now? Just repeat that together. Everybody, let's read that together. Have mercy upon us, O Lord. Have mercy upon us. One more time. Have mercy upon us, O Lord. Have mercy upon us. I'm going to prove to you here in this text that freedom comes from that prayer. If, if I was to, after these 21 days of prayer and fasting together, encourage you to pray one prayer to the Lord, it would be this prayer. Have mercy upon us, O Lord. Have mercy upon us, for we have had more than enough of contempt. Our soul has had more than enough of the scorn of those who are at ease, of the contempt of the proud. Um, can we just be real midweek online? Anyone else just feeling overwhelmed right now? Anybody just getting a little overwhelmed? Just talk about any category. Uh, the staff and I, we got together today and we've decided that next year we're gonna be ready for February in Pittsburgh. Uh, I think what we're going to declare is that you have to come to church throughout Pittsburgh, throughout February in Pittsburgh, as if you're showing up for a luau. We just want to think warmer, okay? So we're just going to show up in Hawaiian shirts and, you know, we're going we're gonna, to, you know, have a whole bunch of just good, fun, sunny, warm 
weather games, and we want to look the part too, right? I, I, we just need to have some fun in February. February just beats you down here. I'll just be honest. I don't know what's going on with the weather. Um, at times, even over this past year, just feeling overwhelmed right now. At times, man, I have pleaded, and I'll just confess this to you. I love my wife. I love our kids. I love our life, but I've asked for the Lord to stop it. I've said multiple times, now's the time, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. Like, right now, okay? And I'll just confess to you, I get overwhelmed. The pressures and demands of the good things in life. Anyone overwhelmed? I'm talking about good things. Just simple jobs that we have. Uh, friendships to keep. I'm just going to tell you right now, you and I will not be friends if I have to call you a lot. I'm just not one of those guys, right? My best friends in life, I can go three years without seeing them and we just immediately, you know, pick up where we left. If you're needy, I just can't be your friend. I'm just going to be honest. Some friendships are really hard for me. Uh, being a good neighbor, being a good neighbor, like that, that matters to me, but it's overwhelming, School, any parents in the house? Well, raise your hand. Just say, come Lord Jesus, because of school. Like, Lord, I don't know if they need to experience fifth grade. Just take them now. <laughs> it's overwhelming. We've already taught Pittsburgh in, in February in particular is completely overwhelming. Snow is relentless right now. I'm genuinely scared for my life. I, I just am. I wake up every day looking outside saying, I, I think the rapture's happened, and I've been left here in, in winter hell right now. That's just where I'm feeling right now. Some of y'all are just still singing Christmas songs. I've turned into the Scrooge. I hate snow now. Um, how about temptations and attacks from the enemy? Is that overwhelming you right now? He's relentless. We talked about it last week, how in isolation, so many people are losing battles right now. The racial and political division that we experience in our country, that's still very much alive, even though we have a president now that's just a little bit quieter. Hatred, sin, depression, this COVID disease, I'm just straight up overwhelmed. What I want to share with you is there's no hope you're just going to be overwhelmed. No, I'm just kidding. There is hope. You don't have to stay in this place at all times feeling overwhelmed. Eugene Peterson, we've been checking out some of his writing throughout this series. And he writes about this chapter, this statement. I've got the statement on the screen. A servant Christian is the freest person on earth. A servant Christian is the freest person on earth. Everybody say free at last. Free at last. So last week we went to the house, right? 
And, and we went to the house and we asked for God to unleash. We were made to worship. And why? Because God is found in worship. And when we worship God together, God unleashes his presence, his peace, and his purpose. Some of y'all missed last week. I just summarized my sermon. You don't have to watch it. And so we learned about how God provides so much for us. And what I want us to see here in this text, because you find turmoil Look at the end of Psalm 123. Our souls had more than enough of the scorn of those who are at ease, of the contempt of the proud. There is a person here being beat down and overwhelmed. And yet, Eugene Peterson says about this psalm, a servant Christian is the freest person on earth. Let's dive into this text and prove it. You are free at last when you are, number one, write this down, the one who looks up. Everybody say, look up. Look up. You are free at last when you are the one who looks up. Verse one says this, to you I lift up my eyes. And search in the sky if sun ever comes out in Pittsburgh. Sorry, I know I'm on that kick, but I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm getting beat up right now. To you I lift up my eyes, and what? It says, O oh, you who are enthroned in the heavens. You are free at last when you are the one who looks up. The psalmist tells us to lift up our heads. Why? Because when we don't lift up our heads, this is what's talked about in verse 3 and verse 4, when you don't look up, you will find out three things. Number one, the hollowness of this world. When you don't look up and all you're looking at is this world, I want you to know you're going to discover even the greatest things man like that new iphone that's coming out that new car that you're looking at that relationship that career everything that the world might doubt out for you it's hollow empty why do you think apple makes so much you get so obsessed about one of their products. You're like, I gotta have this iPad. I just gotta have this iPad in two weeks. The first two weeks, man, you're like, snap, is that a scratch? Okay. There's a scratch on my new iPad, right? You freak out. You're like, so careful. By week three, you're beating your kids with your iPad. You don't care about it. You're already bored with it. You're looking for the next one, the upgrade. They've tapped into the hollowness of the world. Nothing from this world will ever satisfy. Number two, when you don't look up, you will find the hatred from this world. When you don't look up, you're, you're going to find the hatred from this world. We prayed this morning, this is on Wednesday, we prayed for reconciliation of broken relationships. And I shared this, just I shared this in terms of premarital counseling, and I share this, uh, you know, with young married couples. What happens when one sinner chooses to marry another sinner? 
a whole lot of sin. And then they make little baby sinners. <laughs> There's a lot of hatred from this world. Especially a world that rejects all things that are of God. So look up. When you don't look up, lastly, you will find the hopelessness in this world. So not only won't the world ever satisfy you, it's hollow. You'll be under attack. There's going to be hatred around every corner. But all the solutions that you are pursuing right now in your life, in the world, will never actually give you victory. I don't care how good your essential oil mix is. Annabeth. And she's going to start talking to me, but they're essential oils. They're straight from the Old Testament. They were created on fields in Israel and they were shipped. No, they're not. They're just new school Vicks rub. That's all they are. I'm really off my rocker here. Let's get back in. And I'm now sleeping on the couch tonight because my wife's here and I'm in trouble. There's hopelessness in the essential oils of this world. Y'all follow me? We can't look to the world. We can't. We got to look up. Check out this quote on the screen by Eugene Peterson. He says this, the Christian is a person who recognizes that our real problem is not in achieving freedom, but in learning service under a better master. He goes on before this, and then I'll finish the rest of the quote, and he talks about basically we live in a nation of complainers and a society of addicts. Everywhere we turn, we hear complaints. I can't spend my money that way I want. I can't spend my time the way I want. I can't be myself. I'm under the control of others all the time. And then everywhere we meet addicts, addiction to alcohol, drugs, to compulsive work habits, obsessive compulsion, uh, consumption. We trade masters as we complain and we continue to get enslaved. So to go back to what he says, the Christian person is a person who recognizes that our real problem is not in achieving freedom, but in learning service under a better master. Because at the end of the day, we're all going to be enslaved to something. I would recommend don't look at the world. Look up. He goes on, the Christian realizes that every relationship that excludes God becomes oppressive. Recognizing and realizing that we urgently want to live under the mastery of God. And so when you look up, you will find counter to what you'll find in the world, three things. Number one, the fulfillment of Christ. I want you to know that nothing, nothing, no one will ever satisfy you like Jesus. Number two, the love from Christ. If there's hollowness in the world, I want you to know there's fulfillment of Christ. If there's hatred from the world, I want you to know that there is love from Christ. Nothing and no one will ever care for you like Christ. And if there's hopelessness in the world, 
I want you to know that when you look up, you will find the victory in Christ. Because nothing succeeds like him. So I just want to pause right now in this moment. Will you trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I'm not done. I got more to preach. But this is a moment of salvation. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Don't put your stuff away. This is a moment of salvation. God's word is so clear. Look up. Lift up your eyes to the heavens, to the one who's enthroned in the heavens. Trust in Jesus. You're going to find a link on the screen here in just a few moments. And, and I want to invite you to pray right now to repent of your sin, put your faith and trust in him. Do you know we're celebrating some of our V kids have come to faith. We've got some of our adults. We're going to have a polar bear baptism here pretty soon. It's going to be unbelievable. And I can't wait, if you're right now worshiping with us online, I can't wait to hear from you today that today has been a day of salvation. So Lord Jesus, continue to change lives. You've done it before, you'll do it again. In the name of Jesus, Lord, unleash salvation here today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Midweek in faith, let's believe that Jesus changed people's lives today for his kingdom and for his glory. All right, let's keep rolling, let's keep rolling. Listen, you are free at last when you are number one, the one who looks up, number two, the one who looks toward. The one who looks toward. We at Vintage don't believe in just trusting in Jesus once and then he says, good luck. No, we trust in Jesus every single day. And we daily die so that he might live. Look at verse 2. Behold, the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master as the eyes of a maidservant look to the hand of her mistress. So our eyes look to the Lord our God till he has mercy upon us. So to come back into Peterson's focus on this text, I love it. He says this, it is easy to get the wrong idea when a person becomes a Christian. There is a new sense of confident ability and assured power. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I love his take here. Furthermore, we are provided promises that tell us to go ahead. Ask and you'll get. Seek, you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. It's found in Luke 11. God presents himself to us in the history of Jesus Christ as a servant. With that before us, it is easy to assume the role of master and begin ordering him around. But God is not a servant to be called into action when we are too tired to do something for ourselves. He's not an expert to be called on when we find that we are ill-equipped to handle a specialized problem in living. God is not a buddy we occasionally ask to join us at our convenience for our diversion. God did not become a servant so that we could order him around, but so that we could join him in his redemptive work in this world. I want you to know that if you ever want to experience a free at last kind of life, you've got to be the one who looks forward. Why? Because he is our master. He's our master. And as our master, number one, he owns. <laughs> he owns. 
This is his world. I think it's so funny that we as humans are always bossing God around and telling God what we think is fair, what's justice, what's not. He owns. I'm having to teach my kids this in my house. This is my house. Me and your mama, we're the boss. This past year, Bolt got really into skateboarding. I'll never forget the day. He announced to me that I'm going to buy him a skateboard. He did it in front of friends. He was bossy to me. I want you to know I had a blast making him earn that skateboard. And reminding him at the end of the day, son, under this roof, this is mine. We need to be reminded today that under this roof, this is his. And I'm going to show you there's freedom in that. How amazing. Can we all just adults? How many of us wish we could just be kids again? Anybody? I mean, I had so many problems as a 13-year-old. I mean, there was just the stresses of life and just I couldn't understand why they put mustard on my, my Burger King. You know, like, that just really ripped my life to shreds. I, they just got my order wrong. I mean, that was the deepest concern in my life. I would love to just be a kid again because there's some freedom in that. I'm under the provision of parents. I don't have such a burden. He owns. He is our master. Number two, he provides. He is our master. I love this. These, all these are his resources. And yet so many times we're overwhelmed and enslaved to even our own ability to provide for our lives. There's something about, let's just talk about it, because we don't talk about it enough, but your pastor's about to ramp it up. Let's talk about our money. Let's talk about our resources. There's something freeing about trusting the Lord with your finances. Do you know that is what tithing is all about? God has promised in his word to bless the tithe. And basically, this is what it is. God saying, trust me <laughs> with the 90% that's left in your bank account. Because we're called to give our first fruits, first 10% to the Lord through the local church. God saying, trust me. I know you're down to 90. Trust my blessing over the 90 that's left in your bank account more than your ability with 100%. Because if you don't give your first fruits to God, God has shown throughout Scripture that you have made a decision to be enslaved to your ability to provide. And he's like, have fun. You're going to find out real quick. You might be like, oh, nobody telling me what to do with my bank account. This is my money. I'm going to do whatever. You're going to find out real quickly. That attitude makes you less free. 
Show me someone who's trying to plow his way without God, her way without God, and I'll show you someone who's a slave. He provides. And when God provides, I want you to know, when God, whenever you, you know, are faithful to the Lord, and then you lay those requests before the Lord, he never goes into heaven and checks out the pantry and says, dang, I got to go to Costco. It's in abundance. He owns and provides everything. But number three, he decides. He decides. Um, at the end of the day, this is his house. This is, these are his resources. And this is his choice. He knows best. Listen to this quote. Eugene Peterson, too often we think of religion as a far-off, mysteriously run bureaucracy to which we can apply for assistance when we feel the need. We go to a local branch office and direct the clerk, who's sometimes called the pastor, to fill out our order for God. Then we go home and wait for God to be delivered to us according to the specifications that we have set down. But that is not the way it works. And if we thought about it for two consecutive minutes, we would not want it to work that way. If God is God at all, he must know more about our needs than we do. If God is God at all, he must be more in touch with the reality of our thoughts, our emotions, our bodies than we are. If God is God at all, he must have a more comprehensive grasp of the interrelations in our families and communities and nations than we do. Which brings us to our last point. Everybody say, look up. Look toward. Someone who's free at last is someone who bows down. Bows down. It says there, if God is God at all, I want you to know that our God is God. Our God is God and he is worthy of all worship and praise. And listen to me, we find God in worship, his presence, his peace, his purpose. And so as the band begins, begins to come up here and as we begin to close out, listen, I want to share with you three things here. When we bow down, number one, we recognize that presence. We recognize his presence. Go and read Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 21 this week. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. And then it goes on to describe how incredible the love of Christ is and how amazing God is to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And then there's a prayer now to him who is able to do more abundantly all that we could ever ask, think, or imagine. We recognize his presence when we bow down. And as we learned last week, we need the presence of God. So look up, look toward, bow down, worship him. Number two, when we bow down, we cry for his mercy. Remember what we read out loud together? Have mercy upon us, O Lord. Have mercy upon us. 
Listen to Peterson's quote, mercy, God, mercy. The prayer is not an attempt to get God to do what he is unwilling otherwise to do, but a reaching out to what we know that he does do. An expressed longing to receive what God is doing in and for us in Jesus Christ. In obedience, we pray mercy instead of give us what we want. We pray mercy and not reward us for our goodness so our neighbors will acknowledge our superiority. We pray mercy and not punish us for our badness so we will be better. We pray mercy and not be nice to us because we've been such good people. We pray mercy. Because at the end of the day, what is mercy? It's Lord, I am yours. Whatever decision, I'm ready to follow you. And in that is ultimate freedom. Which brings us to our last point. When we bow, we submit to his plans. And you know this to be true. A servant Christian is the freest person on earth. Prepare your life this week to answer Jesus with a yes. No matter what he says, no matter what he does, no matter where he leads, even when you disagree, say yes to Jesus. Submit to his plans because his ways are greater than our ways. Everybody say, look up, look toward, bow down. So let's respond to this word today. Let's ask for the Lord to free us at last. He can do it, but you gotta look up. You gotta look toward. You gotta bow down. Let's stand midweek and let's sing. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your grace. Thank you so much for your freedom. God, it says in your word that we are to live as people who are free, not using our freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. God, we wanna be the freest people on earth. So Lord, I pray that right now we'd look up. I pray that we would look toward. And I pray that we would bow down. In Jesus' name, amen.